Candace, what do you think are some of the best parts about being single? Uh, like endless free time. Oof. Uh, I like being able to stay up as late as I want working. You know, like if I'm just in the flow and I can just work till midnight and it's okay. I like being able to go to the gym whenever. Like if I want to wake up you know early in the morning or late at night because my schedule is just really flexible oh nice i like uh having to like answer to nobody about my time (laughs) so it's just like people call me and they're just like hey matt do you want to go hang out and i'm like sure let me check with nobody at all i'm free Mm -hmm. yes i love that i think similarly the idea of like going out of town on a whim ah yeah like oh you want to go camping this weekend like why not i've got like my my uh, my little travel kit ready to go already at all times i love it hey everybody this is matt i'm candace and this is dateology a voice for christian metropolitan dating where we collect honest stories for liberating wisdom for discovery and companionship and today uh we we got like a little request for for this show for a while and um and it's just like singleness, you know, like we are a show that is focused on dating. So there's a reason why we talk about dating all the time. Right. But, you know, dating is connected to so many other things, including like uh, singleness. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, just because you want to date doesn't mean that you are dating. Exactly. Right. You and know? I think for like most of us, unless you're someone who like perpetually is in serious relationships, you have seasons of singleness. Yes, totally, totally. Which I think with our list at the beginning, I mean, I I think it's fun to, I think there really are things about singleness that are unmatched in other seasons. Definitely. That can be like really energizing and just create a lot of opportunity and creativity for life. Yes, yes. I mean, like when I, when I think of like the quintessential, like single person, it's like this career driven, like. I can pick up and go on some crazy trip whenever I want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like these kinds of things that are really exciting opportunities and pretty cool. And frankly, I often envy, but I think it's just because like I, (laughs) as a single person, I've never really like uh, had the disposable income for such adventures. But (laughs) at any rate, um, I can think of seasons in my life where it's been kind of on that high of the singleness where... Like, you're going to, like, music festivals and then camping the next weekend. And then, like, booking that trip to Europe. Yeah. And then that bachelorette party, you know, in Vegas. And there's just always something going on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And uh, as fun as as that can be, there's also some, like, real difficult things about, uh, like, being single and... Uh, you know, not dating, not being in a relationship, not being married, but just like being single. And like, um, you know, some of those things, uh, like, I think probably top of the list for sure when it comes to singleness that is a standout difficulty is loneliness, mm-hmm. you know, is. Uh, and one of, one of the ways that I've heard people frame it that makes a lot of sense to me is just like wishing that they had go to people mm-hmm. or a go to person. Mm-hmm. And that's where the feeling of loneliness can really creep in. It's just like, who, who's like my, 
I don't know, who's my go-to person or, mm-hmm. you know, like all those kinds of things. Does that, have you yeah. ever felt that? Like, Oh, absolutely. Well, I think it's interesting. So like the first thing that we touched on is like, you know, the fun parts yes. of singleness. And I think that's real. And I think that there yeah. are pockets of time and there are definitely people whose personalities tend to it more where, you know, it's just like fun all the time. Yeah. And yeah. Kind of taking life by the horns. Uh, for me, those have always been just pockets of time, though. Right. And, right. and so there are times when it just feels like uh, I'm top of the world. There's a lot going on. A lot of people. I feel connected. So I'm not lonely in those seasons. Oh, yeah. And then I've definitely had moments of singleness where I feel like, what am I going to do with my time? Does anyone even, like, really care about me? Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. I, I remember in particular this one like Christmas season where a lot of people are traveling around like winter time. I think I had some time off from work for the holidays and Mm -hmm. there was just a day like I woke up early and like sure I went to the gym. I cleaned my room and all this stuff. And then it's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, I have nothing to do for the rest of the day. And I remember like just going down to a downtown. I think it was in Palo Alto and just walking around feeling like aimless and like, I, I have no one that's, like, expecting me. Yeah. Nothing going on tonight. It's cold. I'm just kind of aimlessly trying to waste my time right now. Yeah. And I remember that being, like, a really difficult moment of, like, having to think hard about my singleness and what I wanted to do and, like, mm-hmm. purpose of my life and feeling, like, disconnected from, like, a whole, like, a group of people or, like, a family. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I think I... I can really relate to that that sort of moment, that feeling where uh, there's the painful clarity of, like, I of the lack, mm-hmm. right, and um, feeling like there's something that's not there that I wish was there, mm-hmm. um, and I I believe like sometimes, ah, uh, yeah, that's that's just so tough. That's like really, really tough I and depressing. It, I think. it is depressing. And for this area, which I think is more unique with cities, is you're less likely to have your family nearby. So I would imagine that if I was living near my parents in those seasons, okay, yeah. you're still connected to a whole. You still, okay, you can go like have family dinner. You can go see your aunt and uncle. I think there's like yes. a part of belonging that is built into, you know, having, being family in your hometown. And nearness. Yes, yes, yes. But in a city, if you're not having, like, great friends or, you know, a significant relationship or busy at work, it can feel like like you're not, there's no, you're not belonging to anything. You know, I think the word belonging is standing out to me more than anything. Because mm-hmm. that's, like, a human desire is, like, I want to belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so people do all sorts of things to, to belong. They, uh, they make friends. That's, like, the most common thing. They stay connected to their family. They join bowling leagues, like whatever it might be, you know. <laughs> bowling like, leagues. Bowling Is that leagues. even a thing anymore? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I imagine so. I don't know. If you are in a bowling league, please <laughs> reach out to us and say, I still exist. I, I would love to know that. I will commend you. Yes. And, personally, via email. You know, and I think, uh, uh, of course, my uh, my absurd uh, TV infatuation, you know, it speaks into these moments too. And like, this is everybody wants the Cheers experience. Of Go course. where everybody knows your name, right? Sure. And everybody wants like the How I Met Your Mother bar, right? Like, 
and and actually I, I'd say like that's that's maybe even plays into uh, one layer to um, what can be challenging about um, singleness and if it goes down a road of like high isolation or uh, high loneliness mm-hmm. is um, I, there's real addiction possibilities mm-hmm. in in these situations and um, I was listening to a um, podcast the other day and it was this guy who's like a specialist researcher on uh, like the war on drugs mm-hmm. and um, not the band, you know, the actual thing. That's a band. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Good band. And, uh, and they, uh, this guy was uh, talking about how um, there was an experiment done uh, a long time ago about uh, to like understand how addictive heroin was. Right. Mm. And, um, this will eventually loop back to singleness, I promise. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, you know, let me free associate for a while, okay? Um, and this, uh, this, this researcher, he um, put like a rat in a cage, and there's like regular water, and there was heroin water, and the rat would just like immediately get hooked on heroin water, yeah. right? Um, and for a long time, it was just like, yeah, see how addictive this stuff is. Like, you know, heroin's horrible, right? Uh, but eventually somebody else did a, a study and uh same like regular water heroin water except for now instead of a single cage with a single rat they put like a whole bunch of rats hmm. and in this like awesome play pen with their like hmm. you know things to play with and their rat wheels and whatever <laughs> i don't know rat toys all the all the all everybody's favorite rat toys and you know the girl rats are hooking up with the guy rats and it's just like you know there's social life happening right and uh all the rats would like still try the heroin water but none of them would be addicted to it none of them would get hooked to it and uh and so the the kind of abstraction like research like uh inference from this is the opposite of addiction isn't um or isn't like sobriety the opposite Mm. opposite is connection right it's relationship right and uh and social connection social life right Mm -hmm. and so then the like inverse of that's true which is um like the things that fuel addiction are isolation Mm -hmm. right um i think that makes a lot of sense yeah it makes a lot of sense even when i'm thinking through just like you know clients in general and how when someone gets to that point, whether it's like pornography addiction or yeah. like an eating disorder or drugs, alcohol, um, gambling, you never have someone coming in into the office saying like, "Oh, I'm in I'm in community right now and I'm having a great time, I'm having these really enriching relationships," and I have this one thing on the side. It's I've I've never heard. Yeah, that. yeah, totally. That's so. I true. mean, it's typically things are really bad. And so uh, this I'm is lonely, how I'm spending my time. No yeah. one cares about me. I'm feeling really depressed. Right, right. There's isolated isolation. Nobody nobody knows this thing about me too. Mm-hmm. It's actually an area of shame and secrecy mm-hmm. in my life. Or, right? Like, uh, I think that's so true. And um, and it seems like the uh, so you know how does this all connect to singleness? Right? Like, uh, I'm not saying like every single person is addicted to something. That's by no means right. But uh, just teasing out. Uh, where an extreme isolated version of singleness and loneliness and stuff well could I think lead to. what happens is when 
if you are single, if you don't want to be single and it's a challenging time for you and, and then compounded with that, there's not a like community that is bridging the gap, which sometimes communities do. And sometimes, you know, you really need a strong, consistent community to feel like it's bridging the gap of like a sense of family. Yes. And so if you don't have that, then what are like the alternatives? So then there's loneliness there's a high propensity for depression and then a high propensity to fall into behaviors that that aren't life-giving. Yeah. And, um, you know, one, one thing that I think is very common for that and, um, you know, like everybody talks about like workaholism, right? Mm. And that's an interesting one where uh, I think especially in metropolitan areas like a lot of career-driven professionals, right? And there's a deep drive and ambition for, you know, practically everybody I'm meeting. It's pretty mm. incredible, right? And wanting to, like, cl- climb the corporate ladder and do a new startup and, mm-hmm. you know, get new clients for their freelance gigs or whatever it might be. And I think that's where I, uh, I often see, like, uh, almost, like, an energy and focus around that where I'm like, dude, this is, this is like your world. Mm. This is like your whole world is your work. Mm. And, uh, I, well, I, I feel like I can spot it cause I got it, you know, like that's me. <laughs> right. Like, um, mm. like I remember a couple years ago, uh, you know, like living normal life, single life, like, uh, not seeing anybody or anything. And, uh, I, I was like, Oh my gosh. Uh, I just think about like how unhealthy my work patterns Mm. are like now reflecting on it. Uh, and maybe still are, I don't know. Uh, this is a reflection out loud, but, uh, it's like, it was like, I would work all hours practically. Mm -hmm. Um, and if it wasn't on my like actual job, it was with one or two side hustles that I had going. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, sounds so gangster. Oh, yeah. side hustles my side hustles i know i learned that <laughs> i learned that phrase from my buddy down in la who actually like grew up on like mean streets of south la That's so, so you know it's pretty cool um you know what that makes me think of so when i was working in childhood development um they would say you know help because uh, i was doing mental health consulting like help teachers realize that the problem kid isn't always the kid that's aggressive or calling out or, or causing obvious problems. Oh, uh, yeah. That perfectionistic kid that is, mm. you know, always helping you out or always, you know, going above and beyond, that's also an outlier where that could be symptomatic of something too. Interesting. And if so, what could it be symptomatic of? And some of that's like some of the same things, like feeling like trying to fill a void. Trying yeah, to yeah. feel inadequate. a sense of, of identity or yeah. value. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily that, oh, they have they must be stable and have a great life at home. It might be that they're compensating and there are negative coping skills that people default to yeah. that are more obvious. Mm-hmm. But then there are other coping skills that are like, like you're saying, work calls in, which seems like a more manageable Yeah, yeah. And addiction. actually in and some ways. In society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember uh, like reading up uh about like hypomania right Mm. which is a very psychological term and you know all about it i imagine um but for our listeners at home uh like hypomania it's just like uh, a form of 
mania, which is kind of like uh, extreme uh, productivity and creativity and sometimes aggression and, you know, whatever these things, it's like the upside of bipolarity, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but hypomania is like basically like a low grade version of that, that um, is just like ultra high functioning, you know, um, and it still has the same effects of mania on people related to these folks who are in this state, which is like, uh, uh, like, how do I handle this? Like, I feel like this person's not really mm. paying attention to their effect on me, you know, that that sort of feeling. Right. Mm. But um, but like the. Uh, the thing that was really interesting as I was reading this article about hypomania was how much like that is the state that people feel like they're supposed to be in, mm. right? Which is like this kind of disregard for other people and like uh, and like I'm ultra ambitious and ultra competent and capable of making things yeah. happen, and it's really really interesting to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. As you're talking about that. I think it's just something that's just kind of, I think, like an illness of, of like, the capitalistic culture. And I think the metropolitan areas mm-hmm. is to glorify importance and busyness and that kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. at the expense of health and wellness and connection and relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and- which no one's doing I mean no one's cognitively putting that together they're, they're getting all this praise from recognition from other people recognitions from work higher compensation yes feeling you know important feeling more grandiose feeling strong and in control but there yes. is all these consequences of that which is a relationship suffering for the most part life. Right? and yeah. yeah I think relationships are part of that and a relationship with God, I think, is a really big part of that, too, uh, yeah. because it takes rest and rhythm and discipline, I think, yeah. to really connect with the Holy Spirit authentically. That is so true. And, oh, my gosh, like, and and so, like, to bring this all back to, like, you know, singleness, right? Because I feel like uh, in some ways to talk about singleness is just to talk about life in general, period, because we're all individuals <laughs> and we're, we all have single lives <laughs> at some point you know um but uh let's just say like there's this like high investment in like success and climbing the corporate ladder and living the most interesting life as an individual and like all these things right um and by the way this isn't just a thing that single people do it's a thing that married people do and everybody does right but i think there's a special temptation for uh folks who don't have a go-to person to do this to place all the energy and focus on that because there isn't like another person who like i have to pay attention to the effect of me living this way on another person's life Mm -hmm. right i I think that how it is connected to me and singleness Mm -hmm. is because loneliness is painful yeah i i think i've seen a lot in clients who it's like to avoid that feeling, I will do anything else. Mm. And it is almost like a manic behavior. Yeah. I will be busy all day. I will smoke pot. I will yeah. work out of the gym all the time. And it's yeah. avoidance of sitting with just that loneliness. And so often, I yeah. think my encouragement to those clients have been, I don't think you're going to graduate from this stage in a way that's healthy until you can just sit. Until Dude. you can just go home 
yep. and say I'm lonely tonight oh. and go about your life. But yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't do things just to, to hide and mask that feeling. Wow. Because you wow. also can't bring pe- other people or God into that feeling if you're masking it the whole time. Or, or even like be aware of it for myself. Sure. You know, like sure. if, if I'm masking it, like there's certain patterns of life that make me not even aware of what I'm walking with. Mm-hmm. Right. And it takes a slowing down to get to that. And, mm-hmm. you know, just to your point about like slowing down and being alone and whatever and some of the value in that, like, was it that, was it Pascal who's like, man's troubles come from an inability to sit in a room alone. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. and I, some I, that's probably a poor paraphrase but uh you know let's just say somebody smart said that and you know that's the gist of it <laughs> so uh yeah and it it's like um i think it's really true that like um it makes me just wonder if um some of the things that make singleness difficult uh is an avoidance of self hmm in the singleness right so um now i'm not saying that's the only way it can go in fact maybe the the other difficulty is like an extreme selfishness that also could be some of the the temptations and troubles with singleness as well um because if i am like you know completely on my own time all the time you know i loved it and i remember actually like uh, a while back having a really good conversation uh with my mom where uh it was after uh, one of my sisters had uh like a, her kids and it was like the whole family's adjusting to like okay now there's like nephews and grandkids like in the family oh my gosh and there are a lot of work and mm-hmm. you know this like totally like makes our dynamic super different right and my mom uh uh, because I was like complaining about it because uh, I was a little a little nerd you know and uh you know and uh going through my process I was going through my process with it right and so <laughs> I uh I was complaining about it and um, my mom was just like you know you live most of your life not really answering to anybody mm. for much of anything and and it's okay it's good for you to like spend holidays and have to think about uh, like mm. caring for oh, little kids. That's and actually really good. Yes, it's super good. I think that's good. really because a, a part of the singleness that we are talking about at the beginning of the show is some of the like benefits of, in in the selfishness, yes. in not having to be accountable with our money, our time, and having that freedom in life, which is fun. And you know, I I think it should yeah, be yeah. enjoyed and right. you know balanced well. Yes. But I don't think that we are as cognizant in those times of how our singleness is affecting us as we are in the times of recognizing our loneliness. Yeah, yeah. And it, it I think here's the, the crazy thing about like um, seeing ourselves in general is I think it, it so often takes a mirror of another person mm. for us to like see a lot of things in ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And so it took that conversation with my mom. Or, yeah. You know, it takes like reading a good book that I can relate to in a different sort of way and see myself in a new way. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, listening to a podcast such as this one, perhaps, you know, and it's, it's these sorts of things that like, um, are little alarm clocks to wake up to, Oh, mm-hmm. Hey, here's like another 
factor that's happening in my life and mm-hmm. um and no problem that's just part of it right like there's zero accusation of any of this going on but just to be able to name it and just be like hey this is a this is an element of what's up and um and to be able to like look at look at it and examine it and like mm-hmm. hold it in my hands and just be like god what what do you think of this how is this like working for me or not working for me and mm-hmm. god how is it working for you mm-hmm. um or not working for you and um and so i feel like those the tendencies towards like an extreme uh selfishness or an extreme like uh like not being in touch with ourselves or our mm-hmm. feelings or our souls right um those are two ways that like singleness can yeah possibly go a little off the rails i want to talk about those that are very aware of their loneliness yeah i I think one thing that we talked a lot about in our dream episode was how Mm -hmm. growing up in in the christian culture created yeah this view of marriage and, and relationship and having families that in some way like made it difficult to enjoy other stages of life Yes, that is because so that was like the ultimate, and there's certain value, and it almost seemed like Christian perks in arriving there. And I think you have, you know, it's just kind of built into the culture that family members would ask you, you know, are you married yet? Are you seeing anyone yet? Yeah. And how that, how that can get piled on. And so here, let's say, you know, I'll just speak for myself. Actually, yeah, like yeah. being in my 30s, being a Christian woman who is who was single and yeah. feeling some of that pressure and having, you know, growing up in a place like Bakersfield where uh-huh. I have lots of friends who have multiple kids in their house, yeah. married for, at this point, almost 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Well. And having just such a different life and then having those moments where it feels like, did I miss it? And where is God in that? And having those like spiritual struggles too of, like, does God not care about me? Does he really want me to have year after year feeling oh, lonely? Man. Feeling yeah. like like I have to keep establishing new community or spending, you know, investing <sighs> so much in friendships who yeah. people are moving away or they're getting married. And I think that just is, for me, it would, had created a lot of, like, moments of having to get to the bottom of myself and, like, okay, I can't change right now, creating mm. this person to come. There's nothing that I can I can go on dates. Yeah, I can be wow. open, but I can't make this person be here. Yeah, there's a a degree of like surrender with that, right? Where it's like as much as I want this, I cannot completely control this. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be able to influence it to some degree, mm-hmm. but I cannot like m- you know like paint this picture for myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you can't fulfill it. But wow. like it's just something that's really out of your control. And I used to say to people, it's it's unmatched to other areas of your life because in other stages, okay, everyone goes to, you know, high school from middle school. Every, like you get to choose if you want to go to college and you apply or go into the workforce after that. And so many mm-hmm. stages of life are either set out for you or you apply and you get in somewhere. But this yes. is one stage of life that you don't... It's not like you apply and you get yeah, a husband. That's so true. I that's... mean, in some cultures, but not the American, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know... Right, right. Majority culture. That is, 
that's a, I've never thought about that. Like there's there's not as clear of a like step by step process tiering, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there's uh, no internship that's gonna you know set me up better for getting the right man. Totally. Yeah, this is a interesting side note, but I, I have a friend and um, uh, and his um parents were actually Moonies. You know, kind of part of that like. What is Mooney? They're I don't. I don't know what they're call, called, a religious sect or cult or okay. something like that. And their whole thing was that they would do these um, massive stadium-like uh, group marriages what? where people were randomly connected. And here's the thing. That, <laughs> this is just so like funny. a thing that actually happened. Uh-huh. And it like, and maybe still happens. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with that, that group of people, but... Um, but it and like my buddy is like the kid of that marriage. Wow, interesting. Isn't that really interesting? And wow, random selection of marriage. That's totally. a whole new thing. And like that that to say that mostly doesn't exist in the right. world as we know right. it, right? Like, right. And Which means that you have to like there's a grueling process of being at the right place at the right time, meeting that person, having a connection, yes. having them feel the same connection, <laughs> having them follow up with the connection, yeah, yeah. going on dates, having the date work out well, going on multiple dates, wanting seriousness at the same type of level, having similar ideas for life and faith and values and marriage, and then making a commitment for marriage. You just laid that out so thoroughly that... <laughs> I'm exhausted. Um, but you still, how yes. many things can go wrong along the way? And I think that's, as someone who didn't get married until, well, I guess it's typical nowadays in yes. your 30s. Yeah, yeah, especially in um, like city life, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's not a big thing for me coming from Bakersfield. My sister got married at 21. It seems yeah. like a long time sure. for me. Um, but you think, okay, along those stages, well, something has gone wrong at every stage until you get married. Mm-hmm. Or you have a crush on them. They don't have a crush on you. Yeah, yeah. You think you hit it off and have the best date of your life, and they don't call you back. Yeah. Or you decide yeah. to get in a relationship, and you they're know, just not that into you it. Are, you're getting at like uh, a really important part about like single life, especially as it stands in contrast to... like. Uh, you know, being married or being in a relationship or something, which is that so often single people are carrying around experiences that are negative of mm. dating, right? So, um, so that's where, like, there is perhaps the simultaneous like, I wish I had a special someone, mm-hmm. and uh, gosh, I really don't want to have to mess with that again, oh, you sure. know. And sure. I think that's a very very yes, the fair desire thing. and the trepidation. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. And I think that that can go many ways. You have to have almost like a sensitive heart to keep going because if you create, if you allow a hardened heart to come in, I think that's where some of the avoidant attachment will come for people where they're just not able, they just don't open up that yes. ability for intimacy and connection yeah. to move forward with someone. Or they totally. move forward and it's at a distance and they're not really reaping the benefits of vulnerability of like yeah intimacy that comes from vulnerability Mm -hmm. exactly yeah and um so like if i'm just imagining like because i mean i'm I'm talking from my life here where i was just like um i definitely have had seasons where i was just like okay i dated that sucked that didn't go well i don't want to touch that 
thing for a while. Like, I just don't want to <laughs> deal with that dating thing sure. for a while. And um, my, you know, my, I've got the blinders on. I, I'm not going to mess with that, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm not saying that was necessarily a bad decision for me in that situation. I think I needed some time to heal from breakups or, mm-hmm. you know, get get other parts of my life in order i think that's really really good um though at the same time like i i think there's um there's an underlying like fear driver that was in that for me Mm -hmm. of um being hurt again Mm -hmm. or failing again or being rejected again you know and um i think that prompted me to not take as much initiative in that Mm -hmm. area of my life because um even though i was like taking initiative in other areas of my life i i just like didn't want to have to mess with that yeah you know um that makes sense so yeah like i i and i i don't know i've got compassion for that like because sometimes that's what we got to do and that's okay and also i think it's good to check the heart and and walk through that with the lord Mm because he's he's really faithful in Mm -hmm. that yeah um so i i don't know i feel like that kind of took like an interesting side route perhaps but i think returning to what you're saying about marriage and like how there's a a sort of a idolatry that's set up Mm -hmm. within christian cultures around marriage that can make a single person feel like a a total outlier yes absolutely feel extra isolated like they don't belong in the church yes and I know I've felt that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've felt it quite a bit less in our current church because it's uh, the majority is like right. single folks. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like I especially at my church prior to this, it was like, oh yeah, here's like, you know, a handful of single folks, and everybody else is like married, most with kids, yeah. you know, and it it is hard to. I would say to not quite have as clear of a model of what like a robust, beautiful, single Christian Mm -hmm. life looks like um, that's fulfilled. And I think the lack of guidance in that can feel pretty difficult sometimes. Absolutely. So you know what was a a huge moment that I can pinpoint that was very freeing for me in singleness? I um, was visiting in Portland and I attended a sermon by Tim Mackey, uh-huh. and it was on it was on marriage, and I'm trying to think. I think the idea of singleness was just one part of the bigger conversation, but yeah. within the sermon, he stopped and he pointed out that that the church culture has done a really terrible job at at basically like stewarding the the single members of church mm. and and not giving a narrative for what it looks like to be single and pointing out that the god that we follow G, like Jesus was a single man yeah that lived his like full abundant life yes and that in the old testament to create the people of god you would have to like give birth and you know have more you know israelites 
but that since Jesus, we get to build the kingdom of God through creating other spiritual brothers and sisters. And it isn't about yeah. reproduction anymore huh. and how that has shifted. Interesting. And for me to hear that, one, to hear like an apology from the pulpit of how it's been skewed, that mm-hmm. really touched mm-hmm. my heart at yeah, that yeah. time. Um, from a person with authority to say that. Absolutely. Right? Like that's really meaningful. And yeah. then to... To point out just like the obvious that Jesus was single and he was full and robust. And if like, how can Christians say that you have to be married to be a robust Christian when like the God of the universe came to earth and his model was not a married model. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just showing that that is an option and a good, valuable option for Christians and, um, that our value can be found, you know, in, in other ways. Yeah. And, and that was just really freeing for me. That is good. And to like, you know, let's just think about Jesus for a sec. Because like, I think he he really is the model of Christian single life, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, and so as we're, as I'm feeling like, I wish there was a model for that, right? Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, wait, hold on a sec. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the one, right? <laughs> um, uh, you know, how that translates into modern life, you know, that's, that's sure. there's more conversations sure. and other people who can exemplify that. But like, I would say that, um, here's some like standout pieces about Jesus's life that feel like, oh yeah, that's what makes that beautiful is uh, probably like two things immediately come to mind are like a deep, deep commitment to prayer mm-hmm. and uh, like having this like very beautiful contemplative uh, ministry that is mm-hmm. also like praying for people and healing mm-hmm. people and like just like... Yeah just like fully engaged with the spiritual life mm-hmm. and so uh, a relationship with the father. Yes, an exactly. Active relationship. Yes, yes, yes. And I'd say that's like probably one of the coolest things about um, being a, like, there's certain elements of Christian life that are only possible when we're alone. Right. And some of those uh, are like certain levels of intimacy mm. that are with God mm-hmm. alone. Right. Like in solitude. Right. And I feel like Jesus is, uh, is a really great example of that and his departure mm-hmm. to the hillside to pray and all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. The second that comes to mind is um, he, uh, him having this group of disciples, like Absolutely. went everywhere with. Yeah, uh, deep community with people. Yeah, deep community. Doing and, life, having and, and being friendship. on a mission as well, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this combination of like, like uh, not only are we going to be like really into everybody each other's business and knowing what's happening in each other's lives and there's not going to be shame and anonymity stuff going on um we're just gonna like seek to know each other Mm -hmm. right um and you can see like the effect of that in people like john's relationship to jesus where there's deep intimacy that's happening like Mm -hmm. i'm the disciple that jesus loved right like Mm -hmm. um and them being able to like recline next to each other and like you know just like physical closeness and proximity Mm -hmm. a sign of secure attachment you know these things right so like the the stuff that uh like i see in the disciples relationship with jesus is pretty uh like uh uh, worth imitating when Mm -hmm. it comes to community amongst uh, Christian people in general, but maybe speaking in this context, single mm-hmm. Christian people of um, like, yeah, all of these guys were single men, actually. Do um, we know that? I, I, I believe like so. I don't know. Are they? I don't know. 
I had always assumed so, but I, I, I might be corrected on that. Mm-hmm. I don't I actually don't know, but mm-hmm. that'll be worth looking up. But Jesus was single. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we know that. And my suspicion was like with the sort of ministry they had, like they were probably. But I don't know. I, I I'm I'm honestly I'm making that up. That's an assumption. That. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know for sure either way. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I think that the. So I, the part of the good news is that we can look at Jesus as a model, and I think, you know, you did mention before, like the desire for seeing that played out in church communities, and I do think that there's yeah. probably a lack and a need for mentorship, hmm. just like throughout churches, yeah, for any stage of life, having people mm-hmm. that have like walked the road and have learned wisdom through it, yeah, yeah, who can, you know, meet with you for guidance. I think that yeah. is, you know, maybe undervalued in the church. That seems really yeah. valuable. I think it's actually highly valued, but there's just a limited availability of people who do that thing, mm. you know, who actually like say like, oh, actually, I'm I'm going to not, I'm going to push pause on my work and cut my 50 hour week to a 45 hour week so that I can have room to mentor people, mm. you know, like that's like, I, I think that's part of it. Um, and th- I actually can think of a handful of people who do do that. And they're mm-hmm. such remarkable men and women and I yeah. love them so much. Um, but like, but I agree like that though it is, it is like a strong desire. And also I don't know if it's strong enough of a desire for people to think and also a confidence to think, Oh, and I can do that yeah. for people. Right. Like, sure. Yeah. And, and I guess that's just what, what I'm trying to communicate is I, it's something that I wish were a part of the system. Hmm. Just part of uh, building community is being able to offer guidance. Totally, totally. I think on it, like a, a, a more intimate basis. Yeah, yeah. When um, when I think of you know maybe thinking very specifically to like metropolitan spaces mm-hmm. like ours. Um, in general, it seems like there's a whole lot of like people around the same age group, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, as people get older, they move away. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how it feels in San Francisco, at least, uh, you know, at least in the subculture I'm part of. And um, and so it's hard to do this like intergenerational mentorship thing. Sure. I think it the model would have to be something much more like a peer mentorship thing, like a hmm. like a give and take model. And that's very biblical, too. It's just it's this two by two thing that you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. where there's like this room for like, even though I'm a standalone single person individual going about life. Right. Um, I have, I have a person who I like talk to about stuff Mm -hmm. and, uh, and maybe it's my best friend or maybe it's my peer mentor or, you know, who we trade on or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that might be. I don't know. But, uh, but I, I do think like that's a, you, maybe not uniquely, but a particularly pronounced thing. Sure, in that makes a places. lot of sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think I, I'm tempted to want to solve or think of creative ways to change the system, but that's not what this episode is for. Oh, totally. Um, that's actually, I'm sorry, that is where my job is like playing into this conversation. <laughs> sure, and sure. I can't and help I, I but talk like about it from I, like a, yeah. you know, I'm a community pastor basically. So I, I like I'm constantly thinking about absolutely. these sorts of things. Yeah. I think my desire, like my interest would be to switch the topic and, and follow that trail. Mm-hmm. Um but instead, I think what's valuable is to just pause and note that 
being in rich community, having guidance and, and deep peer relationships is part mm-hmm. of what can make singleness robust. Yes. And, you know, and the thing is, like, with singleness, for most people, it's just a season. Mm-hmm. I think the statistic is like 90% of people that want to get married do. It might be even higher than that. Oh, interesting. So it's it's typically just a season for people. Huh. And so I think something that we said off air that's really um, important that I want to like just be said to our community is that, you know, we, we're not in charge of figuring out when our seasons change. Whatever they may be. Yeah. But our call is to steward what we have well. And, and you said this, and I really like the way that you put it, was to um, to multiply what we've been given. Yeah, How did you say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, this is like very uh, like parable of the talents, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, so this master leaves uh, these three people in charge of like a huge sum of money. Each of them gets a huge sum of money. One guy gets like ten times the amount. One guy gets five. One guy gets one. Um, master goes away, then comes back after years and years, and these these uh, you know, these folks like come and they're just like, hey, guy who's given ten times as much, it's just like, hey, I multiplied it, now you have twenty times, uh, twenty times big sum of money, like I doubled your investment, and uh, he's just like, hey, great, enter into the joy of your master, right? Um, and then and it's like. I don't know what that phrase means in modern parlance, but <laughs> enter to the joy of master as if we're going around telling each other that all the time. Um, and then uh, I think it basically means like, oh, that's awesome, man. I'm so excited for you. I'm ex- I'm so joyful. Thank you. You know, that's basically what that means. Um, and uh, then the guy given five times a huge amount of money, doubles it to 10, uh, enter to the joy of your master. Then the last one is just like, hey, I know that you're like a harsh person who's like super, super strict and all these things. So um, I didn't I didn't multiply the investment at all. I just protected it, right? And mm-hmm. make sure you got it back to you. And and then the master's response is just like, like, you wicked servant, you know, like what's wrong with you, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like this very, it's a, a pronounced judgment actually mm-hmm. of the person who, who doesn't multiply the what was invested right and uh what did what do we learn from this um i see this as like the best teaching on what stewardship means Mm. um and it's what have what has god gifted to us that um doesn't belong to us that we are meant to create abundance Mm -hmm. out of right it is still his it still belongs to the master and um what are the things that get in the way of us creating abundance Mm -hmm. with it it's primarily fear Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I, I think you're a really strict God, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to trust you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and uh, and kind of like probably some of that some self-doubt in the mix as well. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, the way that swings back into this conversation about like stewardship and singleness is that we've been gifted these lives, including any season that we are single. Mm-hmm. It is it is a gift. It is a freaking miracle that we have these lives that mm-hmm. we have. And, um, and it's important for us to like count that blessing constantly. Like, sure, there's things that we can be longing for that we could mm-hmm. also have things that feel missing. Mm-hmm. And also we can count thousands of blessings every freaking day about like what we've been gifted. And now the really, 
where the game gets interesting is is like how do i create abundance out of what mm-hmm. i have been given right like how I do really i take like this that. and run with it right it makes me think of like when you had said it the first time what had popped in my head was jesus with like the fish and the loaves and that yeah it's not always about being given a lot given a lot of opportunity yes. or given what we need but it's it's what we do with what we're given and so yes. I think singleness can be a really painful, confusing time. For me, it lasted longer than I had hoped. Mm-hmm. And the most freeing moments for me were the ones that I sat and, and was able to just say, like, okay, God, this is what you've given me. So what can I do? Not just looking at my limitations yeah. and oh, what I don't so have. Yes. Because I think that's the temptation is, okay, we have two fish and there's thousands of people. It's not going to work. Right, right, right. And then you spend all your time looking at the lack. Yes. Instead, it's like, okay, Jesus, I have this much. Yes. What can I do with this much? And those yes. have been the times that I have been more creative, created better relationships. Right, or right, right. experienced more things in life, volunteered, went back to school. Oh, totally, totally. And I can so relate to that. Like, and I know like the real tell for me, like it's, it comes through in my language. And if I, if I spend more time in my life talking about what's not possible Mm -hmm. or what's going wrong or what's lacking, right? Like I'm not, that's gotta be part of it. Like we gotta be able to name those things. Mm -hmm. But the thing that really creates the new life and new opportunity is to start speaking into, for me to say out loud, oh, this is possible, mm-hmm. and to let my actions follow that up. And, yeah. you know, I can ruminate on what's missing and the old patterns of mm-hmm. things all I want, right? But the thing that's actually going to create the new thing and the new life right. and the abundance that's possible in that if, is if I, like, am in my words and in my actions and in my mind, like, thinking, oh, what is possible? And mm-hmm. I want I want the possible thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so that grounded in singleness, it's just like, oh, what is possible in a, a season of singleness where there's mm-hmm. like no prospect of dating anybody and right. whatever? I think some of it is like deep friendship. Like uh, I, I see people all the time who have friendships and I'm just like, who are you? Like you're an incredible <laughs> friend. This is uh, this is crazy to me. And uh and these people who just like so clearly have each other's back and see each other every other day, you know, yeah. like, and, um, and the, the friendships are just so wrapped into one another where I'm just like, you, you're practically brothers or sisters, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's often how it feels like, uh, uh, for those people's families is like, oh, you're basically adopted into the family now. Mm-hmm. Right. That's cool. Um, in fact, once me and, uh, once I got uh, unofficially adopted, uh, except for I, there was an unofficial adoption um, certificate That's given to me cute. to adopt into uh, two of my buddy's family because I was like really such good cute. friends with these guys. That's awesome. And, you know, and that's what happens when there's room and dedication in life to be mm-hmm. friends on that level. And, and it's beautiful and it's intimate and connected and mm-hmm. fun and all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have an idea for yes. like the, our listeners who mm-hmm. fall into the category of being single and mm-hmm. um, struggling with singleness. I think this week being able to practice just like the prayer when Jesus had the fish and the loaves and just like, like Lord, thank you. This is what I have. Mm-hmm. And being able to say like, what do you want me to do with it? 
That's good. And I, I, I would be really interested to hear how, you know, people experience God just through that practice for, you know, a week of just saying, Lord, this is what I have. I'm single. I'm lonely. I don't, you know, yeah. thank you for the opportunity to, to live another day and to have free time. And what do you want me to do with it? That is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So I think that's like an awesome, like, God, what do you want me to do with this life that you've given me? Yeah. How do you want me to multiply it? Yeah. Who do you want me to proverbially or literally feed? Yeah. Oh man. I love it. And you know, uh, and I, I think if we're thinking practicals around this too, um, if I'm thinking of that too, I think of my conversation with my mom, which was eye opening, which is like, Hey, like you're not around kids very often. And, Mm. um, and like that being around kids really changes your life. And, uh, and I think that's totally true. And so I don't know, like hang around your friends, kids, like, uh, and like become their cool surrogate aunt, uncle, right? Like, or, um, uh, you know, volunteer in kids ministry or something at your church, like whatever it might be. But I think kids have a way of Mm. like, uh, regrounding us in, a very very communal setting where mm. like dependence is a normal thing mm. and like these kids like to to choose to be in a situation where kids are depending on you and uh and your independence is not an option mm. <laughs> anymore dude that's that's like uh a growth opportunity that can be disorienting but i think it's so 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 beautiful mm. and uh like and oh my gosh when i get to hold babies in the nursery at church mm-hmm. like it's hard for me to like leave dry eyed like mm. from that situation because it's, it's, um, it's just like, Oh yeah, this is, this is humanity. This is human life. This is beautiful. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I feel like those are, there you go. Some call to action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Enjoy love it. your homework from Dayology. <laughs> let us know how oh, it my goes. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> well, we also want to bless you, you know? So like, uh, I'm not here just to give you homework. I'm here to also bless you. And uh, because you are, I already give you an A plus on your homework. So don't worry about it. Um, the, these are the blessings. So um, I bless you as you are um, in singleness for whatever season of time that is or has been. Uh, and I, I bless like if you are um, like having a really hard time with that and you feel the lack and you feel the things missing. Um, I bless you to find the Lord in that. I pray for that. Um, and I also, uh, bless like a, a new, um, a new life to, to sprout out of that, you know, like something, some sort of new thing. Like, uh, if, if you have found yourself ruminating on what's lacking or what's missing, I just bless the 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 new open eyes to what could be possible and what graces you have been given what gifts you have been given in your life currently and uh so i bless that gratitude to super well up in your heart for this single season in your life to to enjoy it and multiply it so yeah i bless you mm-hmm. yeah my blessing for you listeners is that that God helps to to show you the areas in your life of that gratitude that 
um, think that he can help you um, recognize the things that are blessings in in whatever season that you are in and that you can honestly come to him with with the areas that feel like a lack and ask God to to multiply the the gap that you see that God will he will use what he's given you and mm-hmm. um yeah I'm excited for you to if you're so willing to hear where that um where that goes yeah yeah so thank you all for listening to uh-huh. our episode thank you for being a part of our community totally totally and yeah i think this is like perfect to think of like a, an episode on singleness and how sometimes it can be lonely is like there's a need for community in these things so i hope for community for all of you and deepened friendships with the friends you have and new friends and exciting friendships that could happen as well and one of the ways you might consider doing that is like leaning into the community that is in the show so we um have been like building this online learning community where we continue the conversation about uh these episodes online that's available for people um it's also a place where like the other day somebody was just like hey what do you all think about um uh like picking up a bill on the first date you know should a guy do that should a girl do that and there was just a conversation about that that happened naturally it's awesome so it's like a way to consult and get your wing digital wingmen you know and wing women yes or no oh you have to you have to log on to find out so uh (laughs) so uh yeah but anyways so you can um join that digital community by backing us up on patreon there's a link in the description notes for this episode and also a link to our website where if you feel like reaching out to tell us something that's the place to do it at datology.org and if you are someone that resonated with needing some guidance um that's also a place where you can reach out to matt or i for a therapy or spiritual direction yes we'd love to do that i'm i'm like I'm super psyched on that. I feel like I get to have great conversations with people about relationships all the time. And uh, I I have to say, I'm pretty good at it, I'm, <laughs> if I do say so myself. So, um, <laughs> and I, I, met, I know you are too, Candice. Oh my gosh. Um, so, um, yeah, so there's an opportunity in front of you if you would like that. Um, let's see, anything else? So, yes, lastly, if yes. you have a talent... In um, sound engineering, we do still need someone to volunteer and join our team. So please reach out to us if you, if that's you, or if you know someone that you know might be interested. Pass this uh, plug along. Yes, please, please, please. We would love that. Thank you. And again, thanks for putting in the time to listen to this. I hope it served you. Like we want, we want, we want to make something that's good for you. Like every episode that's what we're set on is making something that's good for you and that honors god and if you like this then please please share it with some folks Mm -hmm. who you love and care about so that it can be good for them too so read it on itunes it's new i feel like well maybe because i've got a newer phone but now you just press the stars and that's it hey you can just review five stars done and that's helpful for us to be found on totally um, on itunes or Yep, yep, love it, love it, love it. Well, thanks, Candace, for talking. Thank you, Matt. And thanks, everybody, for listening. See you guys next time.